Hey y'all, welcome back to Crime Critics and Chaos. My name is Shivani. And I'm Shaylin. And, and we're, we're your hosts. Just a reminder, y'all, please follow us on all social media platforms. We're on Instagram and Facebook, so join our discussion groups. Uh, we'd love to hear your thoughts and opinions regarding the cases that we cover. We would also appreciate any reviews that you guys would leave us on any of the platforms that you listen to us on. This will help our podcast get into the feeds of other true crime listeners such as you. Shaylin, how are you doing this week? I'm doing amazing. How about you? I'm okay. <laughs> I feel like this week was a little overwhelming for me, but yeah, I got through it. So I think me and you both, but I'm trying to look on the bright side. <laughs> yeah, I think that's what we're both doing here. The, this weekend's going by super quick. Yeah, I'm not happy about that. Yeah, same. <laughs> it went by way too quickly for me, but it's okay. That's fine. Yeah. Um. So it's hot seat time. It is hot seat time. Are you ready? I am ready. Go ahead and go first. All right. Okay, so my question for you, what could you give a lecture on at a local university? <laughs> um, true crime, maybe? I don't know. <laughs> um, probably, like, I don't know. What would I be good at giving lectures Psychology. on? Psychology. Psychology, that's true. Yeah, but like reading people's minds. And that's, stuff, like, too broad. Language. Like, psychology and what? Like, psychology and... And your mind. Psychology in your mind. How to read people's mind. That's true. How to get away with murder. (laughs) (laughs) I can help Annalise Keating. Hell yeah. (laughs) Definitely. I would say definitely on the lines of that, you can teach a true crime psychology class lecture. Yeah. So combining the two together, Mm -hmm. combining psych and true crime. Yeah. I think you could do that. Yeah. I could be like, this is how you could tell if someone's lying and the suspect version. Mm-hmm. And you're going to bring out a polygraph. Polygraph, yep. <laughs> Everybody take a polygraph <laughs> And be like, did you notice how he flinched his eyes? <laughs> did you notice how he, like, held his two hands together? You see how he was fidgeting with his thumbs? Mm-hmm. Mm, see, I think you'll be great at doing that. <laughs> I, can, I can see that. I can see that. All right, my question for you. All right, which TV character is an accurate representation of your life? That is really hard. That is really, really hard. I'll have to think about that one for a minute. Because although I love to watch TV and stuff, and the TV shows I watch is definitely not anything I can relate to. Right. <laughs> um, mostly the TV um, shows I watch is kind of crime-related. So I'm like, I can't really relate to that. Well, okay, so let me change the um, question a little bit and, and ask you, what TV character would you say that you admire the most? Okay. Um, that's still hard. Okay, I'll go <laughs> first. Hard you... Okay, I think by you saying yours, it'll kind of give C- me an idea. Come to you. Okay. Mm-hmm. Have you ever seen the show One Tree Hill? No, I have not. Okay. Um, so this probably, you'll probably have no idea what I'm talking about, <laughs> but for my viewers, or for the viewers that have seen One Tree Hill... Um, if you guys know who Brooke Davis is, um, um, it's a character played by Sophia Bush. She, I wish, I think that's one of the things I want you to do is watch One Tree Hill. Okay. Um, you will love the show. It's just like a, it's, it's like a modern um, life show that kind of takes you through how teenagers kind of grow into like adult life. Okay. Um, and I think that it's super relatable. But anyway, um, Sophia Bush, like her character, which is of course Brooke Davis, mm-hmm. like the way she grows from being a high school teenager to being a full-blown adult, like okay. the the stages that she goes through in her life is super relatable. Like she okay. goes from like a teenager that's all over the place 
to like a successful woman and like her mindset if you look like I just admire her mindset so much hmm, interesting she's like like that that like I would kind of consider her like woman and like her I, if I had to describe her in like one or two words it would be like woman empowerment okay. which you know you and I are all about yeah absolutely. so I think that um that's definitely a character that I admire the most. I still don't know. <laughs> Even <laughs> after all that, I, I still don't know. Like, honestly, the TV shows I watch, I, I can't really just say. Think about, yeah. Um, oh, I can relate to this particular character. I just never really thought about it in that aspect. So I really can't. It'll come to me later on, so I'll get back to you. Okay. <laughs> we'll just count that as my question, and I'll just give you another one. Okay. <laughs> okay, so what song always make you sing along? Oh, girl, you know, I'm... There's a lot of songs, I'm sure. Yeah. But if you had to pick one song, what song you're like, ooh, that's my song, and you always, like, sing along? It will probably be anything with Janae Aiko in it. Really? Yeah. I could see <laughs> I that. love Janae. Oh, my God. She's one of my favorite artists. So anything that Janae sings, I'm always singing along to. The other day... Shaylin was over here jamming to Sam Smith, and I didn't even realize that <laughs> Shaylin was a Sam Smith fan. Oh, great, definitely. I'm hardcore Sam Smith fan. Um, I haven't listened to his music in a while, but I'm definitely a fan of Smith, Sam Smith. Excuse me. Um, but any, anybody, oh, and her. How did I forget about my girl? <laughs> if you play her, I know every her song. If you play Janae and her, yeah, you got me. <laughs> you hey, definitely got me. I didn't know that about you. That's mm-hmm. interesting. Yeah, cool. I love those two girls there. All right, question for you, Shivani. What do you wish you could change about the city you live in? <laughs> so I, I live in McKinney, close to the Allen area. Um, what would I change about it? Nothing. Traffic. I would change traffic. Oh, yeah. That's but everywhere. That's everywhere, yeah. <laughs> so it's not mu- like it's, a, you know, something that's specifically to my city. But I hate traffic in general. Um, but... You know how I always take the HOV lane? Yes. Like all and you the don't time. have no passengers. I have no passengers. <laughs> well, the other day I got caught. <laughs> and I did get a ticket. So oh, I will no longer be taking the HOV lane. <laughs> you didn't tell me that. I didn't because I was having a bad day that day. So oh, yeah. I just, and that <laughs> topped it off on top of everything else. Friend. So, yeah. Oh, you got caught. I did. You got caught slipping. I got caught slipping. Nah, I don't do it no more. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I'm going to do another one for you, though, since you did two, basically two on me. Yeah. Okay. What one word would your first grade teacher have used to describe yourself? Talkative. <laughs> She'd always tell me to shut up. And I could totally see why now. Like, I'd tell myself to shut up, too. <laughs> I, I would say that, too, like, y'all. And I'm... I'm naturally goofy if y'all haven't caught that by now. But I was extra goofy in school. Like, there was always this shout out to Gerard Ross. Because <laughs> he always got me in trouble. It doesn't matter where we were. Gerard always had me laughing. Oh, my God. I love him. He is. He has a great personality. And he would keep you laughing. Like, he's, he's, a, he's a comedian, for sure. <laughs> and every single class that we had together, I always got kicked out because of him now mind you he never got kicked out but the fact that i would laugh <laughs> i got kicked out so it's right if you listen to this you know because i'm sure if you listen to this you'd be laughing but every single class that i've had with gerard i've always got kicked out and he never got in trouble and i'm like he didn't want to tell the joke like i'm just laughing at it 
But the fact that I was talkative and I was always laughing, I yeah. guess it, it was annoying to the teacher, which I can I understand. But like, bro, if you don't kick me, I'll kick him out too. Right. Like, no, I'm with but you. yeah, talkative was definitely one of mine. Um, I stayed talking. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm, I'm kind of with you. I stayed laughing too, <laughs> and I was one of those people. I, I had an uncontrollable laugh. <laughs> me too. So like, when you get me laughing, I couldn't stop. Like. <laughs> Like it, took, it, it, I was crying. Like I couldn't stop oh laughing. God. It's all saying if you was ever in the class with me and Gerard, girl, you would have got kicked out too. Probably. <laughs> that boy is a character. Again, shout out to Gerard, man. I love you so much, man. If I can go back to those days, I would, man. Good times. Good times. Good memories. Good times. <laughs> well, that is the hot seat, you guys. So let's get into it, Shivani. All right, I am drinking Stella Black. Yummy. And Shailen is drinking flavored water. Yeah. With lemons. With lemons. <laughs> <laughs> so, partners in crime, grab your wine and join us as it's time to... Wine, wine and crime. crime! So, the sources that I'll be using to tell this story is KXAN.com, Charlie Project, Whereabouts Still Unknown, and TheVanish.com. So, Shivani, not only do I have a missing person case for you... I have four missing persons cases not for you. Not one, not two, not three, but four? Four missing person cases for you. So are you ready? You just read my mind. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> so let's get into it. So let's do it. 19-year-old Brenda Moore worked as a nursing assistant at Crest Haven Nursing Home in Austin, Texas. At the time of her disappearance, Brenda was married to a man by the name of Willie P. Moore. And although she was married, she and her husband were separated for about four months at the time. And according to Brenda's husband, she was dating another man and he believed that the pair had skipped town. Now, although we don't know the name of the man or the name of this new boyfriend that Brenda supposedly had, but we do know that he allegedly drove a blue pickup truck. Now, I know what you're all thinking. Brenda was only 19 years old and she was married. But just keep in mind that this was in 1976, so this is a very different time. Right. Okay. So on March 7th, 1976, Brenda was last seen by her co-workers on the east side of the city of Austin around 3.15 p.m. On March 12th, so five days after Brenda was last seen, her co-workers located her abandoned vehicle in the 1900 block of Coletto Street. So just circling back. She was last seen by her co-workers on March 7th, so she was going to work, or she was at work, and then five days later, they found her vehicle. But they didn't find her in it? No, she was nowhere in or around the vehicle, unfortunately. So when they searched her vehicle, it was discovered that her car had been locked with her keys still inside. And after that, Brenda was never seen or heard from again. And that's literally all that we have on her story. What? Yeah. They never found her at all? No. Wow. Yeah. So, this story links to these other three disappearances that I'm about to get into. So, So, just keep Brenda's story in mind while I get into these other missing person cases. 20-year-old Jennifer Barton was a well-behaved child raised in an upper-middle-class family. During her senior year at Reagan High School, she began dating a man who, according to reports, was a pimp and a drug dealer. 
Jennifer eventually dropped out of school and once her boyfriend went to prison, she began using heroin and working as a prostitute. So that poor girl, her life just spiraled completely, completely out fell of apart after she started yeah. dating this guy. Right, and she was only twenty. Yeah, years that's the old. crazy part. So I think she was actually going to college because when I was reading this, I didn't think that she was in high school or anything because she was twenty. Mm-hmm. So I think she actually was attending college. Yeah, and, and nothing breaks my out. heart more. Yeah. And I think you and I had this conversation um, with one of our friends yesterday, but nothing breaks my heart more than seeing college students right. like get into trouble with like you know their friends or their significant others and mm-hmm. and seeing them drop out because they have so much like life in them and right. like goals and dreams that they no longer get to pursue because they get into crazy things yeah, like that situations like this especially involved with a, a man like this exactly i would definitely be like yeah she's way smarter than that but honestly we don't know the circumstances of her life why she started dating this man you know, but so we can't really, you know. Oh yeah, well, I'm her. not judging in any yeah, kind of way. Her. It's just the idea of the fact that she was in school, and I'm sure she was in school because she had all these dreams and goals that yeah. she wanted to accomplish. And mm-hmm. you know, the fact that that happened to her, like, yeah. I'm, it just breaks my heart. Right. So in February of 1976, another pimp that Jennifer was dating was robbed and murdered. Afterwards, rumors began circulating that Jennifer was possibly connected to the murder by setting him up and therefore she was afraid that his friends were going to come after her so she began to a whole nother guy after the first guy who went to prison she began dating another pimp and this pimp was unfortunately murdered so almost the same circumstance but the first you right. know boyfriend went to jail while right. the second one was murdered yeah so she's like literally traumatized at this yeah point. i'm sure she is um and especially you have rumors going around that you may have been connected to this murder. Like, that's crazy. Connected as in that she was, like, involved? Like, she set him up. Like, they were. Oh. there were rumors going around that when he was murdered, she was connected by setting him up. Oh, wow. Yeah, so I can see how she feel for her life. Yeah, because yeah. now people could be after her. Exactly, that's what it stated, that she may, you know, may was thinking that, you know, they were going to come after her. But, we, of course, we don't know if that was the case. We don't know if she actually was connected. You know, rumors go around. Yeah. So, but I would still be fearful of my life, you know, if I was, you know, dating this guy and he got murdered. I'm sure, you know, people were, like, looking at all angles, like, who could have possibly did it? And, unfortunately, her name got brought into it because she was dating him. Yeah. Um. So, I would have feared for my life, too, you know? So, soon after his murder... Jennifer's apartment was broken into and vandalized. So whoever broke into her home, Shivani, they had pinned a pair of her underwear to the wall and wrote the word blood in red paint. So they broke into her house, stole some of her underwear, painted blood or red paint with the word blood next to the underwear on the wall. That's crazy. That is crazy. But keep in mind, though, Jennifer was not in the apartment at this time, so she was not harmed. So whoever, but it's still like a message. Like someone was trying yeah, to send a message. Yeah, it's definitely a message. But I'm glad that she wasn't in the apartment because I'm sure they probably would have murdered her yeah. or harmed her badly. Um, but she was not in the apartment. For what I gather, she was not in the apartment at that time because, like I said, she was, and they probably definitely would have did her harm. Right. I guess she was lucky to not be in there at that time. But yeah, that's that's insane. Mm-hmm. Well, even then, like. 
I really do think that whoever did this, like, literally went in there to do that specifically. Yeah, they didn't go so? in there to mm-hmm. harm her. They went in there to show her fear. Yeah, through that act. Yeah, I think that whoever did it knew that she wasn't going to be home at that time. So, like, you know, I'm just going to scare her. So when she come back home, she'll see this and she'll know, like, this is a message for you. Mm-hmm. So I agree with you. And I and agree. it could not even it may have not even been related to the murder at all. It could have been yeah. just someone messing with her because yeah, just she was to, a prostitute, right? So it could have been anything. And right. and I was just going to ask, like, or not even ask, but just mention this part again. I'm not familiar with pimps and prostitutes and things like that, but like. Don't laugh at me, but I didn't realize that pimps have girlfriends. Like, you would think that they have access to all these women, that they didn't need to have one girl. But honestly, that does happen. Like, I've seen a lot of interviews with pimps and, like, particular women that they, like, call their their bottom bees or their main girls, whatever, however you want to call them. But pimps do have girlfriends, and it's odd because it's like you're a pimp. Like, why would you need a girlfriend if you're a pimp? But yeah. they do have girlfriends, and it's really because they're their main girls. Right. You know, type of thing. And actually, I want to send you a video on YouTube. It's this a YouTube channel called Soft White Underbelly. Mm-hmm. He does a lot of interviews with people like that. He does um, interviews with, like, prostitutes, pimps, and people on drugs and stuff like that. I really want you to see those. Okay. So you can um, – but I'm going to send you this one in particular with the pimp and the prostitute. Okay. So I'm seeing that one. And that, I'm assuming that prostitutes his girlfriend? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So side note, I'm um, going back to the story, the side note. Now, sources never really released the name of the man that was murdered that they were trying to say that she was involved with, like as far as um, setting him up and everything. Mm-hmm. Now, I did look on the website to see if there was any death certificates around that time, but I was not able to locate anything. And it's probably because he was murdered in a different county. Okay. So that makes sense why I couldn't find him. So on May 16, 1976, so this is roughly three months, mm-hmm. Jennifer had made plans to meet up with a friend at a movie theater in Austin, but ended up stopping at a bar on East 11th Street at Waller and 7th Street in Congress Avenue. There, she met with a friend and two African-American men. Now, while at the bar, Jennifer had a talk with these two men for about 30 minutes before she went and told her friend that one of them had offered her $25 to have sex with him. Yeah. It's not really surprising because she's a she's prostitute. prostitute. But it's just odd. I don't know. It's just kind of odd to but me. But they were friends. Yeah. Right? This was her friend. And they were only... I'm sorry. I was going to say they were only offering her 25 Like, I know what the price of sex is. But... Because I don't. But, but it's 1976. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. true. Sorry. Thanks for bringing me back to... Back <laughs> so, to that, that probably could have been a lot of money for prostitutes making, you know, at that time. I at don't that know. Time, I'm yeah. not a prostitute. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, I, okay. So, let me... Let me kind of go back based off... Okay, fine. $25. Cool. Whatever. But I guess it's the fact that they were friends, you know, so... Well, no, I'm sorry if I... So she was, she met up with a friend, and she also met up with two other people. So, so these, these two, two people were, like, friends with the person that she met up with, or, like, her friends? So she was supposed or to meet up with her, her personal friend. They were supposed to meet up at a movie theater, but they ended up going to a bar, and at that bar... Jennifer ended up meeting two African American men. Oh, okay, good. Yeah. So she, she, okay, so it's not like she met up with them. She just met them at this point. Yeah, she just met them. Got I'm it. sorry okay. if I did not make that clear. So her friend was there too. Got it. But at the bar, she ended up meeting two other, other people. people. Yeah. Okay. So one of them offered her $25 for sex. So she ended up leaving with these men. Unfortunately, she did. 
So one of the men exited the back door and the other man left via the front door. So as they were going out, just kind of giving you a visual of where they were all leaving. Mm-hmm. The man who walked out the front door got into a large brown van with teardrop windows, a large whipped antenna, and a spare tire in the back, and he also had California license plates. When the van pulled off and turned around the corner, the second man got inside. So the second man that walked out the back door got inside after this man turned the corner. That's weird that they just didn't all walk out together. Right. Sounds like they had a motive. Right. After the van pulled off, this is the last time Jennifer was ever seen. And it was just Jennifer, not yeah. the friend. Yes, it was just Jennifer that went along with these men. And unfortunately, after she got into this van, she was never seen again. Okay, and then also, how did you know this? This was through, like, footage? Or you said that someone, like, a witness saw this? How did we know that this is how it happened? I believe this is what the friend had told authorities. that Because the friend was there the whole time while this whole thing was taking place. So she seen when Jennifer left with the two men. So, yeah. Okay, I was going to say, there's, like, there should be no cameras probably around that time. No. Considering it's, like, the 1970s. I don't think so. But... Again, this is the last time she was ever seen, and she's still missing to this day. And the friend didn't have any names? No. No. What the heck? She was, like, I mean, I'm sure even if she had names, they could have been false identities, but that's still something to start with. She didn't even have false identity names? No. I don't think that Jennifer went up to her and said, hey, this is the name of this guy and this guy, and they are offering me $25 for sex. I don't think that happened. But I like, think she just said, you know, this guy's offering me sex. And maybe she pointed like, hey, that guy over there is offering me sex. I don't think she gave a name because she probably didn't even know their name, you know? And I hate to say it that way, but, you know, just being realistic, she probably didn't even know their names. And like you said, they probably gave her a false name, so it wouldn't have mattered. Right, but I, that's still somewhere to start. And I mm-hmm. I guess, I mean, I don't, again, we don't know how things were in the 1970s, but I don't see that part being much different. But I feel like if you and I were at a bar... And you are like, even if you are a freaking prostitute, Shaylin, like, if you're leaving, I'm still going to be like, okay, that's cool, you do you, but, like, who are they, and, like, what are their names? Just so I know that you're safe, you know? Like, if anything happens, then I can kind of use that information to, like, help you. Yeah. But, again, I guess back in those days, people don't think in that way. I don't know. Like, I, I can't say for sure. But honestly, I don't care if you're a prostitute or not, Shivani. I'm not letting you leave. Oh, oh you're, you're right. I mean, I'm not I'm letting you leave. Like, I, she no. just made me sound like a horrible friend right now. And I'm not. I'm just saying, in my perspective, I won't let you leave, especially with two men. I don't care. But, like, with whoever they are, I'm not letting you leave with them. I don't care if you got to go make your money. But you're not leaving. I'm sorry. Like, things things happen <laughs> this is this is exactly why you don't leave your friend prostitute or not because things like this happen no no you're right you're right i guess i'm <laughs> sorry you no 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 you're fine i and i'm I, i'm with you on that one i wouldn't I, and it's i say that i said that so profusely because obviously like you're not one and you know I'm not, i've never been in a situation where i've been with a friend who was one yeah and i've had to sure. do that so that's why i'm saying like if i was friends with someone who did that stuff like to me i probably would let them be that way because i can't you know stop them from who they are and that's why i said like that's why i'm like okay if that's what they do but again i've never been friends with someone like that and i don't know if i'll ever be friends with someone like that just because i wouldn't be able to accept their profession you know yeah sure but But we don't even know if the friend was in that profession or they could have been in that profession profession. yeah yeah that's true you're right yeah and if and you know what that you're right because if she was in that profession that makes so much sense as to why she's like all right cool bye yeah without asking any questions because 
you know, we obviously would. That that makes so much sense. Yeah. Um, I, I promise I'm not a bad friend, Shayla. I, I, <laughs> I know you're you not. <laughs> but look, make your money, honey. But you're not leaving with two men. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like I, I can't let you do it. Yeah. I I just can't. So, at the time that Jennifer disappeared, she was 20 years old, very young. It's just so heartbreaking because that's so young. Like, I can't stress that enough. It's so young. But she was 20 years old. She stood 5'7 and weighed 135 pounds. Um, she had brown hair, brown eyes, and she had a light complexion with freckles. She has a scar on her right calf, and her ears are pierced. And at the time, she was wearing a burgundy bodysuit with blue jeans and sandals. And she also may go by the name of JJ. They sound like they were, like, super beautiful women. Especially JJ. Like, she was 5'7", which is, like, the perfect height in my eyes. Yeah. And she had freckles. And I don't know what it is about freckles, I but I love freckles. Yeah, they were all beautiful. And dimples. I have a thing for dimples, too. Yeah. Yeah, she sounded like she was such a beautiful woman. Or yeah. a beautiful girl. All of them were beautiful. All four of these women were absolutely gorgeous. And it makes it even more sad because all of them were around the same age. Right. Yeah, they were so, so young and so, so beautiful. And they're not here anymore, unfortunately. It just makes it so sad. Okay, guys, you may think that we're here to just advertise everything Brows and Beauty. But this time, we're here to share our experience with them. Shaylin here went there last weekend and she went and got the glammed up beauty really yes i did and it was amazing she did an amazing job girl i just felt like a queen that day <laughs> what did it include actually include a full makeup look i was able to choose three eyeshadow colors and she also did my eyebrows really so it was the full look girl i'm looking at your eyebrows now she did super well girl, shout out to yes. you tia you did phenomenal <laughs> she's always doing phenomenal so i think next time i go i'm gonna bring you and we're gonna do the bestie beauty let's do it let's do it all right guys if you are in the area go ahead and check out tia at everything brows and beauty she's located in houston texas and um if you're actually looking for a mother's day gift go ahead and book your mom over there and that would be the perfect mother's day gift you sure will and let her know that crime critics and chaos sent you 90 year old deborah stewart was a communication student at the university of texas who was working a part-time job at sears near high park in austin texas on may 21st 1976 Deborah stated that she was ill, so she left work early and headed to her doctor's appointment at the University of Texas Student Health Center. However, Deborah never made it to her appointment. And on the same day of her disappearance, her vehicle was located abandoned between 8 p.m. and 9 p.m. in the 800 block of Ferdinand Street. She literally left work early because she was not feeling well. And she had a doctor's appointment at the University of Texas um, Health Center. Mm -hmm. But she never made it to her appointment. Sometime between her um, leaving from her job, going to her doctor's appointment, she went missing. And the same day, her car was found at around 8 p.m. to 9 p.m. Where was her car found? It was found on the 1800 block of Ferdinand Street. So I think it was just like right there on the block where maybe she had originally parked, you know, for her job. or. So she didn't even like get in her car to start driving to the health center. It doesn't seem like it, no. 
It doesn't seem like she ever got into her vehicle unless she, she maybe did got, get into her vehicle and maybe she met with foul play around that time and somebody, you know. And, like, physically got yeah. her out of her vehicle, but right. her vehicle never moved. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. So, you know, the strange thing about this is not only was her car found about a mile from her apartment, it was also found just one block away from where Brenda Moore's car was found. Really? Yes. And that's why you think that the two are related. Yeah. So why do you think that... We're, we still have one more story to go after this, right? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we'll kind of talk about this more a little bit. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, I'll just wait. I'll wait. Okay. So upon investigation, Brenna's car was found locked with her key still inside. Does that sound familiar? Yeah. Yeah. Because that was Brenda. Right. So just like Brenda... There were no signs of Deborah around, and she was never seen or heard from again. So I was able to pull up an article from KXAN where Deborah's younger sister, Katrina Trotman, had did an interview back in 2018. So this is a quote that Katrina had in this interview. I just still believe that somebody somewhere knows something. I can't forget, and I don't want anyone else to forget either. It's a hard thing not to be able to put this to rest and to know for sure what happened. You can't have a funeral without a body. And so there was just never any closure. So during this interview, Deborah's sister also mentions the first time she met Deborah. So Deborah and Katrina are actually half sisters, so they share one parent. I think they share a dad together. Okay. Oh, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. The two sisters had met when Katrina was seven years old. So basically their dad had made plans for the two to meet up. So Deborah drove from Austin to Houston where Katrina and the dad had lived. Mm-hmm. Katrina also mentions the day she was introduced to Deborah, she was also introduced to Deborah's then boyfriend, but she does not recall the name. So I was not able to find any sources that listed his name, unfortunately, which is odd because there were some investigations going around that when she went missing, they were interviewing him, but they never mentioned his name. So I'm not sure why. So... Katrina was seven. Yeah, she was How seven old was years Deborah? old. was Deborah? Deborah was 19. Okay. Yeah, she was 19 at the time. Katrina stated that when she had met this boyfriend, he was not warm or friendly at all. Basically, he just kind of didn't really give vibe a good, off. Yeah. good vibe to Trina. And honestly, I strongly believe when kids react that way to adults or to people in general it's real oh i'm 100 real when kids see adults and they get a, a weird vibe from them believe it i'm with you believe it because you. kids know and animals know yes <laughs> they're the kids two and animals yeah yes. they're the two uh <laughs> creatures <laughs> that know when something ain't right yep. so she said from day one when she met him she just didn't get a goodbye from him so shortly after Katrina meeting Deborah, this is when Deborah went missing, but it doesn't specify when exactly she went missing and when they had met. But it was shortly after they did meet. So maybe maybe a couple of months. I don't think it was like years, but I think it was like a couple of months or so afterwards when Deborah went missing. And when she found out, she said that her mind immediately circled to the boyfriend, which makes sense, makes sense yeah. right? So here's another quote from Katrina. My mind went automatically to him. I just wish we knew what happened. 
It's just hard to lay this memory to rest. In 1976, the Austin Police Department followed up on their usual leads when Stewart went missing, including her mystery boyfriend. Now, according to Detective Richard, they bought in other people from all over the department. So as far as everybody that Deborah knew, any acquaintances she had, and they also searched for anybody that was on the pathway between the Sears and all the way to where her car was found. Detective Richard also stated that somebody had reported seeing a black male described as Deborah's boyfriend's clothing getting out of the car near or around her car that day. But however, when police went back, they crossed him out. So they went back and they searched and they, they interviewed him, but they crossed him off the list. So to this day, they have not pursued him and he has not been named a suspect. And they really say that because of that, they have no reason to suspect him. Yeah, but I mean, if they didn't find any evidence based off of all the investigation that they did, then that's probably why. I know, but I kind of feel like they should look at that in a little bit more. Because from what I gather from the sources, they didn't really... Do they, they didn't do really they dig deep yeah. with him, you know? Especially, like I said, I don't know. I really don't know what type of relationship that they had. I don't know if he was abusive in any way, you know? We don't know what type of relationship that him and Deborah had, but I feel like they should have still kind of turned up the heat on him a little bit. Yeah, most of it would have to do with alibi. Mm-hmm. Um, like, where was he at the time of the disappearance and, and all of that stuff. I think that would help a lot. But yeah. um, And again, this was in the 70s, yeah, so I don't 70s. even know if you could really verify alibis as well as you can now. Right. Like, now there's footage, there is the receipts, there is... I mean, back then, all you really could do is just verify from other people that you were with, and that's it. Exactly. And other people could lie for you. True. So, again, Deborah has been missing to this day. She has never been seen or heard from again. And at the time that she disappeared, she was 5'1 and weighed 130 pounds. She was wearing blue patchwork jeans, a blue long sleeve blouse with white stitching, a blue bandana, and a white belt with brown shoes. She has black hair, brown eyes, and she has a scar on one of her breasts. She also suffers from a chronic kidney condition that requires medical attention. Twenty-three year old Pinky Mae Davis Heroin got married in nineteen seventy at the age of fourteen years old. Yes. Just fourteen 14? years old. Yes, ma'am. Holy freaking crap. She and her husband had two children and they divorced in nineteen seventy-five. Pinky, who was a tomboy, enjoyed working on cars and motorcycles. She was also a drummer who played in local bands. Pinky worked in DelVal, Texas at the Golden Nugget, which is a local motel with a bar. DelVal is a suburb of Austin, Texas, and I actually had to look that up because I never heard of DelVal before. Wait, who worked there? This is Pinky May. This is- she worked there at 14? No, she was 23 at the time. I was saying that she got married at 14. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, still young. Okay, so Very she. Young. Okay, so she was... Married at 14, and then she started working, like, later on. Yeah, later. just well, yeah, later on. Okay, got yeah. it. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's still insane that right. she... I'm sorry. I'm still just... You said that she got married at 14, and it just I just stayed there. Yeah. I didn't really, I think like, you did. Yeah, I didn't really, like, <laughs> move forward from that. Okay, I'm sorry. No, okay. you're fine. So, what I was saying was I had to actually have to look up DelVal, because... I have never heard of that place before. Yeah, same. But uh, apparently it's a suburb in Austin, so it's located in Austin, Texas. 
So Pinky was last seen sometime around Labor Day as she was driving to work. A family friend stated that they seen Pinky, so she waved to them and she honked a horn and then she left for work. Pinky's car was found at the Texas Golden Nugget where she had worked, but it didn't specify exactly when they found her car. I'm not sure if they found it the same day or a couple of days later, but her car was found at her job. And Pinky was never seen or heard from again. So Pinky's daughter said that her mother usually kept several items in her car. But the day that they found her car and they investigated it, it was really, really clean. It was not, I guess, messy as it usually is. So that was like red flag. And I agree. That would be a red flag to me because my car, it ain't <laughs> dirty. But I know like the the level of my dirtiness, you know? <laughs> so, and you know, my, my partner would too, like, Probably not my mom or nobody because they're not with me 24-7. But So if I go missing Shivani and y'all happen to find my car and it's super, 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 super clean. And I did not tell you or anybody that I was going to a car wash to get my car clean previously. Then somebody took me and they took my car and they try to clean it. Right. And I'm going. And, and that's <laughs> weird that you say that because you would think if somebody you know mess with it or whatever it would be the opposite yeah. like you would expect it to be dirtier which comes makes me okay so if it was me because i'm a neat freak yeah <laughs> like my car is 100 percent clean <laughs> from the inside at least at all times and so if my car is dirty then you're like yeah something, yeah something's odd <laughs> my car isn't dirty though but, but i know dirty, my level but like organized yeah. is what i mean i guess because i'm like i i'm super ocd and like <laughs> Like, beyond to the point where it's not normal. Right. I guess is what I mean. So, if you see anything that's not organized or anything in that way, then there's definitely something Yeah, something, something happened, wrong. for sure. Her daughter immediately was like, yeah, something isn't right. How old My, was her daughter at the time? Um, It never stated how old her daughter was. So, her family also stated that it was uncharacteristic of Pinky to keep the vehicle so clean. So, according to sources, Pinky's friend attempted to report her missing... But they refused to take the report. So Pinky's friend, again, called the police and tried to follow missing persons reports to the officers, but they did not even take it. Yeah. They didn't acknowledge it. Wow. Yeah. That's all you can say is wow. Yeah, Can't say nothing because, else. Because, like, why? Right. Yeah, they, they, they flat out refused to take the report. I guess it was just one of those things where, oh, she may just be somewhere. She doesn't want to be found. Or, you know, she's an adult anyway. She's 23 at the time. So they probably try to pull that card where, you know, she probably wants to go missing on her own. And she'll probably be back. But I'm like, is that really what it is? Yeah, you can at least show some sort of courtesy and look into it. Exactly. You didn't even, They didn't even look into it. They didn't look into it at all. And, I mean, I guess back then it makes sense. But when I hear that that stuff now mm -hmm. it drives me nuts like I, it drives me absolutely nuts when, when they use that excuse now and they're like oh they're grown so you know we have to give it a specific amount of time before we can take the report like right. seriously it's 2022 exactly like no we're not letting that happen in 2022 so around the time they were trying to report Pinky being missing her daughter was really really young so she was not able to do that but Shivani it wasn't until her daughter became an adult where they actually acknowledged the missing person report. They actually was able to get it filed only when the daughter became an adult. So how many years later? That's that's a lot of years later. Yeah, that's what I was asking how old yeah. her daughter was so that way I can calculate. But yeah, they didn't specify her age, but she was young, but she became an adult and they was that was the only time they that they could finally like, take it yeah. seriously right. enough to have her file it that's yeah so crazy. it was years later 
it was definitely years later that her daughter filed a report and they finally, you know, started investigating. And at that point, evidence can be like long gone, if any, especially because it was back in the 70s. Like they took too long to even start taking way it seriously. Way too long, way too long. So because she was so young at the time that her mom went missing, she was unclear of when the year her mom went missing. So she had to guess, when she filed the police report, she had to guess the year that her mom actually vanished. And she guessed that it was in 1979, which wasn't true. Oh my gosh, you're Right, kidding. I'm not kidding. She literally was like, I don't remember or I can't recall when my mom went missing because she was young. Yeah. She couldn't recall the year that she didn't see her mom anymore. Her mom went missing. So while she was following the missing person report, she just guessed the year and she guessed it to be 1979, which is so not true. So if you do look up this case and you see many sources that state that she went missing in 1979, that's why. Oh, because of her daughter. But there were other family members that kind of like... Yeah. Wanted to take this seriously enough to be like, hey, like, we want to file this report back then, whenever mm-hmm. it was relevant. Exactly. And then also, they didn't want to give this information to the daughter and be like, hey, your mom went missing in this year. Yeah. On so this date. That's actually what ended up happening. But I'm like, it's like that. It's like almost the daughter had to go and fish for the information herself. The family and the friends that knew what happened and around what time it happened they should have already offered that information to her daughter like she shouldn't have had to fish for that she, she shouldn't have had to went to anybody was like hey can you tell me what year my mom went because that's that should have been something she already should have known or should have been told so she actually had to go and speak to the family and the friends and there she was able to determine that her mom actually disappeared in september of 1976 wow that's crazy but you get what I'm saying, right? Yeah. Like, it should have taken the... Especially the family. They should have been, like, you know... And I get that she was young, but... Have y'all not talked about that throughout the years? Like, have right. you not discussed it with it her? It seems like they were... Like, there's no, like, urgency at all. Right. Like, I'm sorry. There's no way. If I was in a situation like that with a family member and now I knew they had kids where... You know, a family went missing and they had children and, you know, the children have to grow up without their mom. I'm going to, like, make sure that they know what happened constantly. I'm going to make sure that they remember their mom in some way, whether it's, you know, she's no longer here. Or I'm going to make sure that they know what happened or, you know, what I do know of what happened. Right. It's like they didn't even know. Family or friends or whatever. Like, if there's any kind of information that needs to be told. I'm going to talk about it. And it's like... Why did it have to? Why did it have to go to the point where she had to guess the year her mom went missing? Yeah. That's what I was saying earlier. Like it shouldn't have gotten to that point. They should have already told her that. She should have already known that by yeah. the family and friends. So I, I can't. I can't say anything else about that because I just think that's just crazy. But she was able to finally get information that her mom went missing in September of 1976, and. She's also still missing to this day. So at the time of Pinky's disappearance, she's still 5'3 and weighed between 120 and 130 pounds. She is considered biracial, so she's African-American and Hispanic. She has brown hair and hazel eyes. So if y'all have any information on any of these missing women's cases, please contact the Austin Police Department. 
so there you have it we have four african-american women who went missing in the same year in the same city and state back to back to back yeah that's crazy Mm -hmm. and there like i said there are definitely similar circumstances between all four of them yeah very similar and um i didn't put these missing person cases together like you can actually look up the names and there are sources that actually put them together mm-hmm. because the, the circumstances are so similar, they think that it may be connected. Right. So that's why I did all four of these women together because, honestly, you may think that, you know, a few of them, a few cases, you may, you may can say, well, maybe not. This one is not connected to this one because of this circumstance. But the only thing that's standing out to me is the fact that they were all African-American women, for one, and they all went missing in the same year at the same time roughly the same time and they their circumstances are very similar very very similar but of course they may not be connected they may not the one that i think strikes me a little bit different than the rest is jj or jennifer jennifer yeah yeah um but the other three are definitely you know a lot more similar right together than think so yeah Mm -hmm. Um, so I, I can, can say that. that. I can see that. I can see definitely Jennifer's case being different because um, we do know that she was with two African-American men or two men in general. Um, she was a prostitute. She was a prostitute, unfortunately. She and disappeared from a bar. There yeah. was no car. Mm-hmm. You know, there there was actually more information in her case to go off of. You know? Yeah, like, there are. It was. That's Yeah. But I can see why you say that. I don't think that Jennifer's case is connected to the other three but i know for a fact i feel like i know for a fact that brenda and deborah's are right because their car was found literally right in the same area in the same circumstances and they're both like was literally the same age so i can strongly believe that those two cases are connected in some way even if they're not like i find it hard to believe that they wouldn't be it would be strange that they wouldn't be but those two for sure strike me as like yeah these two are connected as far as pinky I don't know. Yeah, that one's just odd in, in general. Yeah, just that because, was super odd. Yeah, I agree. But yeah, there you have it. Please keep supporting us. Tell your friends, share, and follow us on our social media pages, which is Facebook and Instagram. And please subscribe and follow us on whatever platform you're listening to us on, whether that's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or YouTube. When you subscribe and follow, you'll get an immediate notification of our latest episode release. Thank you guys so much for listening and all of your support. We couldn't do this without you guys. See you next episode. See ya. Goodbye. Bye.